are back, officially back. Welcome again to the Freed Thinker podcast. As always, I'm your host, Tyler Vela. On today's episode, I'm actually going to be going over a couple of articles I've written over the past, combining them all into one on the actual definition of atheism. And I'm giving a little bit of practical uh, tips for atheists who want to define atheism as a lack of belief and why that strategy may not work for them. Stay tuned here on the Freed Thinker Podcast. Should atheists define atheism as a lack of belief? A common atheistic rhetoric that atheism is just a lack of belief has been the subject of a lot of debate over the past decade. Here, I will discuss that rhetoric in theory and in practice. It is my contention that not only is this rhetoric not accurate or helpful, but in practice, atheists consistently go far beyond a lack of belief. This assertion that atheism is lack of belief commonly goes hand in hand with the assertion that atheism is thus the default position. The more I've been discussing this, the more I think that defining atheism as a lack of belief actually weakens the atheistic position. I almost want to go along with it because if we allow that position through, it will become easier for theists to simply dismiss atheism as a trivially true statement of subjective psychology than a substantive philosophical option. Fortunately for the atheist, integrity cannot allow me to argue against weak positions as if they are the only or even the best ones. I think that atheism defined as the belief that God or gods do not or probably do not exist is a much more robust position because it seems the perfect storm of a very minimal burden of proof as a position of negation but also that it does not suffer the potential problem of uh, equivocation between different usage of terms. Not to mention it escapes the criticism of being a redefinition for polemical purposes. Much ink is spilled simply over the semantics and etymology of the word atheism without actually getting to the real issues at hand. Part of the problem struck me when someone said recently that a person could be a Gnostic atheist. That is, that they could claim to know that God does not exist and lack a belief in God. That is, think that God's existence is not disproven, but unproven. This position just seems completely bizarre, that someone can somehow know that X is false, but not have the belief that it is true that X is false. At that point, the equivocation that occurs on atheism being a lack of belief and atheism being a rationally justified position just fell like a ton of bricks. It is true that atheists may have to give up the claim that babies are atheists, if I'm correct in this, in this position, but if we are honest, that did, not give them, that did not get them very far anyway because no one claims that babies are theists. Thus. For that to be in any way a meaningful assertion, the atheist would need to show why it is not a total equivocation that babies are atheists in a different way, ultimately, than they are, or else the theist can simply point out that atheism is as, as rational as the foundations uh, that can be possessed by a baby or a rock or a full frontal lobotomy patient. To start, let me first dispel the error that atheism Etym etymologically speaking, just means a theism, 
that is, a lack of belief in theism. It is not uncommon for atheists who want to defend that atheism is merely a lack of belief to try to show that this conception is entailed by the etymology of the word atheism or atheist. Now to be clear, here in this, in, this, uh, in this discussion, I'm not attempting to reject that atheism can possibly mean today a lack of belief. Uh, I have argued for that elsewhere uh, and in countless threads, and I'm going to argue that here in a little bit. So I'm not trying to say that atheism today has to mean exactly what it means etymologically. The problem is that you can't say that atheism is a lack of belief because that's entailed by the etymology. Uh, my favorite sparring partner, David McAfee, writes, quote, The word atheist breaks down into two parts, A, without, theism, belief in deities, end quote. For McAfee, this is a lead pipe, stone-cold lock of an argument. Atheism just means without belief in deities, and anyone who says otherwise is just wrong on what the word even means. He wants us to believe that atheism is a-theism. Well, is that the case? Not at all, in fact. The problem arises is that when we are talking about the etymology of a word, we are talking about the root language from which it comes. For McAfee's tortured deconstruction of the word, it requires him to subtly slide between two languages. The etymology in Greek is the adjective atheos. This was a term used in the ancient world to describe people who rejected the existence of the gods and refused to worship them. Christians were often called athei because they refused to worship the Greek and Roman deities or to worship Caesar as a god. It did not mean a lack of belief, but rather a rejection of the gods and a refusal to worship them. The other part of the word atheism is the English suffix ism, which is a way of delineating that a certain noun is the object of a particular school of thought. Absolutism is the school of thought that there are absolutes. Calvinism is the school of thought that traces its theology back to John Calvin. This means that the, quote, belief aspect of the term is actually bound up in the suffix ism. If the etymology of the word was to expressly state that it was a lack of knowledge or belief, it would need to contain some version of the word gnosko to have knowledge or pistuo to believe, such as agnao or apistuo. These are existing words in the Greek language. The, etymolo the etymological background of atheism is then not the position of a lack of belief or a lack of knowledge. The best way to parse the word is more like atheosism. The reason that McAfee and so many others miss this is because they think that the prefix a is a later addition to the word theism, thus arising at a theism. This is simply mistaken since the term atheism has its own etymology. Atheos is a Greek root word on its own. This means that the etymology of the English word atheism is quite literally atheosism or the school of thought that there are no deities. That just is the etymology of the term, plain and simple. Now, language is fluid. 
I do not pretend that root words and etymology of certain terms are determinative of what a word must mean today in modern English. If that were the case, then calling someone a gentleman would mean that you thought they were a landowner of noble birth, and calling someone nice would mean that you think that they are a completely ignorant knave. It is perfectly possible that the term atheism has come to be the signifier for the concept of a lack of belief in deities. We will next argue the merits of that conception of atheism, but the point here is that the argument that the structure and etymology of the word atheism just means a lack of belief, ah, theism, is simply misinformed. Next, the position that atheism is a lack of belief is not what atheism has historically meant. Let us simply be historically honest about this fact. The stance of lacking a belief as a position is just what agnosticism has always meant. I don't know if there is entails the corollary, corollary I don't know if there isn't. That position is actually a rather innocuous statement merely stating that you don't know either way. God could exist or he could not exist and the odds are about even. As we saw above, agnosticism does derive from the Greek agneo. So it literally means a lack of knowledge or belief. For a kind of hard agnosticism, one might hold to the position that we simply are in a position that we cannot possibly know if there is a God or not. However, if by I don't believe there is a God, one actually means I disbelieve there exists a God, then the logical corollary is I believe that no such thing as God exists in which case you are not an agnostic. This is what has traditionally been defined as atheism. The person is what has historically been meant by an atheist, one who affirms the non-existence of a god. Yet if, by I don't believe there is a god, one means something about their personal psychology, that is, that it just is an autobiographical statement about one's psychology equivalent to saying, I don't uh, believe a god's existence is either true or false, then again, that person is an agnostic. They are not describing the content of their actual beliefs, but are rather making a kind of cataloging statement of the kinds of beliefs that do or do not appear in their worldview. Yet atheists will commonly use the term atheism to be a stance against that of the religious believer. They do not mean it as a simple autobiographical statement. If that was a valid tactic, then no one could object uh, when if I were to say that theism is just the presence of a belief in God as an autobiographical statement of the kind of belief I have. That would just be trivially true. It's just a statement that I have that belief. You couldn't even argue that's false unless you think I don't actually believe what I say I believe. The real problem, I think, is that this position, that atheism is a lack of belief, is not actually possible in a meaningful sense. Anyone who is involved in discussions about the existence of God will have, in actual fact, all kinds of beliefs about God or gods and their more or less plausible or probable existence. The only way that we could be said to lack a belief about God once engaged in discussion about him is if we are tabula rasa with regard to the issue of God, which none of us are. 
This may be an apt description of rocks or trees or infants or lobotomy patients, but not adults engaged in religious debates. It also seems strange to even call it atheism or to label an art and an adherent an atheist. We more often than not describe objects, ourselves, or our beliefs by ontology, what they are and what we are, not by what is not. I do not call myself an ah-Russian, I'm an American. I do not call myself an ah-liberal, I'm a conservative. I do not call myself an ah-blonde, I'm a brunette, and on and on. While I am not the kind who believes that words intrinsically create reality, I do think that words reveal are real and often subconscious, something like a Freudian slip minus the phallic obsession, thoughts about reality. What we label things reveals sometimes as much about us as the things we label. In the same way that I believe in universal moral objectivity and that everyone else does too, regardless of how much they may protest, by the fact that every person uses objective moral language of obligation. I also think that that is the way we label ourselves reveals uh, what we think about our own worldviews. Even though atheism may technically amount to a simple lack of belief in a deity, the fact that atheists commonly label themselves atheists and ascribe uh, attributes to such a label, such as rationalism, empirical validity, etc., reveals that functionally speaking, atheism may in fact actually be what people say it isn't, it, that is, a belief or a system of thought. And if they treat it as a belief, then so will I. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. However, what I find most bewildering about this kind of hermetically isolated statement is the sheer unassailability of it. It is declared in such a way as to isolate the speaker from any scrutiny of their own and actual worldview. While atheism, strictly speaking, is not a worldview, terminologically speaking, atheism has come to be nearly synonymous with philosophical naturalism, empiricism, scientism, or materialism, or some abominable Frankensteinian amalgamation of, of these terms. But this blending of lexicography is not only found in Christian or theistic literature and thought on the issue. If you were to ask an atheist what their worldview is, they often label themselves as atheist, as if the nomenclature of atheism defines who they are and what they believe, a role classically and principally held by one's worldview. They will not say, I am a philosophical naturalist. They say, I am an atheist. Unless pressured during a debate to defend their position, however, since atheism tends to be their instinctive result, it again shows that they themselves think of it, practically speaking, as a belief or a positive position. This linguistic sleight of hand, however, has the desired effect of deflection away from any real scrutiny of their position, let alone their worldview, since supplanting atheism for philosophical naturalism and then calling atheism a non-belief makes it seem as if the atheist has no worldview to assail, that they are the pillars of objectivity with no presuppositions or assumptions to scrutinize. It is reminiscent of the Obi-Wan mind trick, this is not the worldview you are looking for, even though it undoubtedly is. Now, 
another equivocation seems to be on the rise in the atheistic community between I believe and I know. If by I believe we mean less than 100% certain knowledge and by I know we mean absolute and certain knowledge, then I can have all kinds of beliefs that I both hold to be true and yet I do not know are true. The problem is that the terms flip-flop Atheists will say that they lack belief in God because they are not claiming to know that God doesn't exist. Therefore, they are not making any claims that need to be supported. That is, they are claiming that they lack belief because they lack knowledge in the sense of absolute certitude. I could say by the same kind of equivocation that I am a theist, I have a belief in God, and that I am an agnostic, I do not know with absolute certainty that God exists, and then switch when pressed. This means that I could make all kinds of statements assuming the existence of God that I believe to be true, but then when pressed say that I'm not affirming belief since I am not claiming to know that God exists. This means that I could then help myself to the same rhetorical method that many atheists use. Imagine the following conversation. Me. God exists. Atheist. How could you say that? What is your effort evidence? Me. Oh, I'm not making any claims to know that God exists. I lack a belief that God exists. Atheist. But you just said that God exists. Me. Yes. But that is just an observation. I'm not claiming absolute knowledge, so I don't need to defend it. And on and on. There's so much equivocation and blurring of lines that occurs when this tact is taken that it is hard to imagine people aren't being intentionally deceptive. And this redefinition of terms only occurred basically in the last 20 years or so. Before that, ter before that point, we had three e easily identifiable terms. Theists believe that God more or less probably exists. Agnostic does not know if God does or does not exist or thinks we cannot know either way. And atheist believes that God or gobs more or less probably don't exist. For centuries, we understood that people could be more or less certain within each of these categories. So for example, someone could say that they believe that God does not exist, but they are only 65% sure of that conviction. The problem is that many atheists and theists alike think that beliefs have to be have a certain kind of conviction. How often have we heard atheists ridicule theists for being certain that God exists, or theists mocking atheists for being so certain that God doesn't exist, and so on? It is much more simple to use the terms as they were meant and, like in all other areas, allow for more or less conviction and certainty about those beliefs. I cannot say with any kind of honesty that I lack a belief in Santa Claus if I have the belief that Santa Claus does not exist unless I'm employing my terms equivocally. I do not lack a belief in Santa Claus. I disbelieve the claim that Santa Claus exists. That is, I affirm the proposition no such being as Santa Claus exists. To then say that I lack a belief would be either deceptive or deceitful or dishonest or all of the above. I do not lack a belief about Santa Claus. I believe in the real world no such being exists. I believe in a Santa Claus-less universe. Philosophically, I do not lack a belief in P 
if I believe the negation of P is more plausibly true. Rather, I disbelieve that P is plausibly true. Now this is where the equivocation comes in. I may say that I lack a belief in the autobiographical sense. That is, if we were to imagine all my beliefs as a marble in a box and were to look around the box of my worldview, we would not find the marble that corresponds to the statement, I believe that God exists. So in that sense, yes, you lack a belief in the truth of the statement, I believe that God exists, in the same way that I autobiographically say, could say, I lack a belief that Santa Claus exists. But in that same box, we would find a marble that does correspond to the equally assertive claim, I disbelieve that Santa Claus exists, or in the case of the atheist, I disbelieve that God exists, or something like, I disbelieve more or less probably that no such being of God exists. Unless I am tabula rasa, or I am an agnostic, it is impossible for I lack a belief in God to be a meaningful condition beyond a trivially true statement of cognitive autobiography. If we mean atheism in the purely subjective or phenomenological psychological sense, then sure, it can be a lack of belief. But if we are talking at the level of discourse about the nature of objective reality, which we are in these debates, where we are discussing not our subjective beliefs themselves as a psychological statement, but the content of our beliefs as they describe what we think is true of reality, then no, atheism is not a lack of belief, but the assertion that, more or less probably, no such being or beings as God or gods exist. That is, that we live in a God-less reality probably more or less. Here, we should even note that the widespread usage of godless among the internet infidel types. Do they merely want us to accept this trivially true statement of their subjective psychology? Or are they making statements about the kind of reality that they think exists? If it is the former, then so what? It would be just as banal as saying that I have God belief. That does not tell us anything other than what beliefs populate my psychology. But if we are talking about propositions and what is most likely true of reality, then we cannot allow such equivocations. For example, imagine that I was an anti-evolutionist and I started arguing that I simply lack a belief in evolution. I then argue that people who believe in evolution are irrational and deluded and that evolution was not even true. What would we say if when I was pressed for evidence for those statements, I simply said, I don't have the burden of proof to defend my claims. I simply lack a belief in evolution. Sure, I may disbelieve in evolution and believe that the statement evolution is probably true is in fact false. But if you were to survey my beliefs, you would find that I simply lack a belief in evolution. I don't believe that it's true. To say that a person who believes P is deluded you must first know or believe that P is more or less probably not true. In order to say that P is more or less probably not true, you must know or at least believe it is reasonable to believe and be able to defend that not P is more or less probably true.
Therefore, you cannot say that not Pism is a lack of belief or a belief or a lack of belief and say that people who believe P are deluded. A further example may be helpful here. I do not believe that there is an elephant currently in the room with me right now. I believe that the room is elephantless. Because if there were an elephant in the room, I would expect certain things that I in fact don't find. The absence of those certain things that I would expect to see uh, is itself a kind of evidence. No, this is not the same as the absence of evidence is the evidence of absence. But if we should expect to find a certain kind of evidence if X is true, then do not find that evidence. It is reason to hold that the belief X is probably false. I can, from the absence of evidence that I should expect to find in the room with an elephant, uh, think that therefore it is more or less probably false that there is an elephant in the room with me. To go further, imagine an astronomer publishes a paper on there are not aliens anywhere else in the universe. But the entire paper is on why arguments for aliens aren't compelling. At the very least, you would say that he has overstated the case and that he cannot say with any confidence that there are no aliens, just that we don't know if there are or not. The instant he makes a claim that we live in an alienless universe, he would need to defend that assertion. He does not lack a belief in aliens, but rather is going a step further to position that aliens more or less probably do not exist. This is a good illustration of someone who is an agnostic with respect to aliens and one who is an ah-alienist. The atheist position that there is more or less probably no such being or beings as God or gods, that we live in a godless universe, does not have to be, I am certain there is no God, but can also be, believe, or can also be, I believe it is fairly probable that there is no such thing as God. Still, insofar as that is a statement about reality, i.e., reality is such that it is probably a godless reality, it is a positive in claim and thus should be reasonably defensible. The objection to what has been said so far, however, reveals the real motive behind the redefinition of atheism in recent years. It is to make atheism the default position by definition. If the atheist can convince the spectators to the God debates that atheism is the default position, then it means that atheism does not need to be rationally upheld or defended. So someone could make atheistic claims all day and mock, ridicule, and reject religion, and yet never carry any burden of proof to defend those claims. It is not surprising then that pop atheism has become so inundated with memes and soundbite rhetoric because it is particularly easy now to make some attack on religion or some claim about religion being the product of human invention, and when challenged to defend the claims, to assert that atheism is the default position, the tabula rasa, the non-position, that just is a conclusion and an observation, but not a belief, and so on. It can be done because the rhetorical campaign to redefine atheism as basically agnosticism, while still getting to make atheistic claims, has been pretty successful. It even has some theists now dividing between hard and soft atheism, 
rather than holding the line on what those terms have always meant in meaningful ways. Once we see that it is, however, just a trick of the rhetoric to sneak atheism in under the guise of agnosticism, and that such equivocal uses are not only not helpful, but are actually dishonest, then the atheist is paradoxically on their way to a more robust atheism than what they had previously. I think of an atheist does not just knee-jerk react to this course of correction coming from a theist, they would see that I'm actually trying to make their position much stronger. For example, think of the claim that humans live on the face of the sun. If I lack a belief in sun humans, then all I am saying is that autobiographically, in the catalogs of my beliefs, that belief is not present. By the same notion, I can say that theism is the autobiographical statement that I have such a belief. That is, theism would be reduced to a statement about a belief and is not a belief itself. But then, from another posture, I could not maintain that I simply lack a belief while at the, s the same time saying that people who believe humans live on the sun are wrong or deluded. In order to do that, I have to have disbelief, a contrapositive belief to theirs. If I try to have both, then it looks like I'm being either confused in my statements or else deceptive. It appears that I am playing a rhetorical shell game. However, if I say that I believe in the negation of their belief, I have an extremely low burden of proof that could rationally consist of, well, we have never observed any human to live at those temperatures. For me to overcome my disbelief, I would need huge amounts of evidence. The minimal burden of proof for the negative position is overwhelmingly outweighed by the burden of proof needed for the positive position. The sun human advocate would need to show not only is it possible for humans to survive on the sun, but also that humans actually are surviving on the sun right now. Therefore, this is a stronger version of atheism as disbelief in the probability of God's existence, and seems a far more robust version of atheism that does not have any of the inconsistency or confused language or perceived dishonesty of rhetorical shell games. I take it that this concept of atheism is far harder to deal with for the theist. I think many atheists will likely be too stubborn to see that this is actually a much better position for them, merely because it is coming from me, a Christian theist, and it would mean giving up some of their more silly arguments about babies being atheists. It has been encouraging and daunting that I have seen an increase in the number of atheists who themselves are seeing the problem of defining atheism as a simple autobiographical statement of lack of belief. So, what comes from all this? Well, the atheist gets to treat their atheism as a worldview from which to launch assaults on theism or supernaturalism without fear of reprisal or even the slightest whiff of skeptical examination, if they're allowed to keep defining atheism as a lack of belief. 
They get to hold their atheism dogmatically and even possibly religiously, having conventions, conferences, publishing journals and periodicals, dedicating books, marketing for the belief and unbelief, forming societies, having weekly, monthly gatherings, all while saying that it is not actually a belief. I wonder if Christians could so easily self-insulate their beliefs if we start calling ourselves ah, atheists and po post, uh, positing our beliefs as simply negations of other beliefs or non-beliefs. We would then be able to object, ah, atheism is not a belief, we simply reject the rejection of God and declare all objections henceforth humdrum and be on our merry way. I could see the vein of Hitchens-esque forehead throbbing already. There is even the formation of something like a shared language and mythos. Atheist amies, Christian cli er, common cliches, verbiage, and talking points started by uh, the canonized apostles of Ditchkins, Terry Eagleton's conflation of Richard Dawkins and Christopher Hitchens, Harris and Dennett and co., which has trickled down to the teeming masses of sophomoric bloggers and countless skeptical acolytes. We are on the verge of something like confessional atheism replete with orthodoxy creeds, apostates, and inquisit inquisitors. Something like confessional atheism replete uh, uh, with a healthy scoop of social liberalism, a lavish portion of assumptive scientism, and a pinch of western upper to middle class elitism, and we have the telltale savory taste of a fundamentalist stew. Many people have pointed out the absurdity of the position that atheism is not a belief. A common statement, I believe first coined by Dinesta Souza, is that I don't believe in unicorns, but I don't go around writing books like Unicorns Are Not Great or The Unicorn Delusion. No, I simply continue on my merry way as if unicorns do not exist. I can hear the rumblings of the atheists now, but no one really believes in unicorns. We, we write and meet because people still actually believe in God. Even in my weaker moments where I'm tempted to see the logic in this objection, which there is because religious believers do have an impact on the daily life of non-religious believers, especially when we enter into politics, I still have the intellectual honesty to simply say, who cares? I'm not a conservative because other people still actually believe in liberalism. I am one because I believe in conservative principles. As noted above, we never identify ourselves or our beliefs by what we don't believe. Atheists are not philosophical naturalists or empiricists because they are people who believe in theism, because there are people who believe in theism, but because they have read too much Hume, or maybe not enough, Dawkins, Harris, or possibly even too much of modern anti-intellectual Pelagian fundamentalistic Christian authors. As an aside, it seems to me that nothing kills belief in Christianity quite like a healthy dose of irrational, self-righteous, legalistic, and explicitly anti-scientific Christianity light. But the fact still remains, we simply do not identify ourselves by what we do not believe. I am not sure why this is the case with atheism and how it should be any different. We form social groups around things that we have in common. It is possible for us to form communities around shared distaste for things, like the Ku Klux Klan distaste for other races or the Nazis, Nazis distaste for the Jews. But there is an almost always shared belief for the Ku Klux Klan and the Nazis. It is the belief in the superiority of the white race. 
While atheists may say that they gather together for shared unbelief, I suspect that it is actually the sense of shared belief in naturalism that has the strongest pull. Dawkins, Hitchens, Harris, Stinger, uh, Dennett, and others are widely read because people want to disagree with what they disagree with, but also because there is a community of belief implicit in the writer-reader relationship. It is a shared belief, not unbelief, that gets us to pick up a book and nod our heads along with the author when they express more eloquently than we ever could our very own thoughts and presuppositions, when what they say has that good old ring of truth in our ears. So why would someone actually publish their worldview and leave it open for scrutiny when they can simply attack someone else's as false and then run full sprint back to agnosticism, forever sheltering themselves from any kind of honest reflection or hostile examination. It is the irony of the skeptic that they are skeptical of everything except their own skepticism, that they demand empirical evidence for everything except their own empiricism. Yet this is precisely the problem that I am trying to show to the atheists. As long as they keep defining atheism as a simple autobiographical statement of a lack of belief while at the same time enunciating their position as a belief that theists are stupid, irrational, evil, dangerous, deluded, pathogenic, or whatever other litany of bigoted soundbikes they wish to parrot from their favorite anti-theistic or atheistic blogger or writer or pundit, they will be viewed by the larger public and by the scholastic side of both traditions to be confused at best or flat-out deceptive and dishonest at worst. Their tactics will be observed to be the kind of rhetorical shell game that they are in which the atheist who demands empirical evidence and reason to undergird the comments and positions of every person who stands against them refuses to submit themselves to the same standard and honestly air their philosophical laundry in the light of day. So, with all that being said, the ball really is in the court of the atheists. They can continue to play the shell game of rhetoric and maintain a very trivial kind of atheism that will be unconvincing to most people outside of this tiny little sphere of internet infidels and bloggers and meme producers. Or they can abandon their love for saying that babies are atheists because they lack a belief in God and actually present an intellectually stimulating and challenging position against religious belief. If they define atheism in such a way that it is as meaningful and rational as that of a baby or a full frontal lobotomy patient, why should they then be surprised when they are taken no more seriously than what is rationally capable of a baby or a lobotomy patient? I am highly skeptical, however, that such a move will take place anytime soon for most fundamentalistic atheists. Sadly, to bastardize a quote of Lewis, some atheists are too content to play with mud pies in the slums of lacking belief 
that they cannot imagine a summer at the sea of consistent belief, or at least will be damned if they allow a theist to give them directions on how to get there. Well, thanks again for joining me on this episode of the Freed Thinker Podcast. You can join me, join me on my blog, freedthinkerpodcast.blogspot.com. Join me on Facebook at the Freed Thinker Podcast or send me an email at freedthinkerpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you very much and hope you all have a great and blessed day.